0: Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. We are beginning a sermon series, and there's never been a year in my 33 years as pastor here that I remember from January to now what we preached about. But God has been moving us down the river, and it's not a lazy river, <laughs> it's a, it, it, but it's a river going someplace, the river of his spirit. And so we talked about, for 18 weeks, we talked about spiritual growth and how God grows us as a people, as individuals. And then we begin to talk about our identity in Christ, and our intimacy with Christ that leads to fulfilling our destiny in Christ. And then we were going to jump into what we're going to jump into this morning, which is putting Jesus on display with love and power. But the Lord said, no, I want you to talk about joining me in what I'm doing. So we spent the last seven weeks talking about God is always at work around us. He's developing a relationship with us that's real and personal. He he invites us into what He's doing. He, he brings us to a, a crisis of faith where we have to decide, am I going to trust God? Am I going to believe and be obedient and join Him in what He's doing? Then we have to make those major adjustments in our lives to line up with, with joining Him. And then as we join Him and we obey and we trust and we experience His power and His work through us, as we experience joining Him in what He's doing, and God uses us in unbelievable ways then we experience God, we become closer to Him, and just like Moses from the time that he said, send someone else before the burning bush, until he's standing before the people, giving them the Ten Commandments that he spent, you know, like over a month in the presence of God on the mountain, trusting God at every turn, calling the people of Israel to trust His God, that's how God is leading us. And, and guys, I'm, I'm looking at God's army right now. I'm looking at the people of God. We're not like Israel. We're not doubting and grumbling and murmuring and complaining. Last night, like I said, I saw people serving and loving on people. And it didn't matter that that mist was blowing in their face and they were getting soaking wet. It didn't matter that... that um, you know, it was cold, and it was damp, and it was late, and they were tired, and they, you know, it didn't matter because everyone was serving the Lord with, with, with joy and, and with, with just a, a servant's heart, just trusting that God was doing something, and he did some wonderful things last night, and so I know who I'm speaking to, and what I'm about to share with you is the next step or the next curve in the river, okay? And it's a curve towards the Lord. It's a curve towards joining him in what he's doing. But it's how this work, how this plays out. It's how we walk this out. Does that make sense? So we, we talked about, yes, let's join God. Let's, you know, He's loving us, He's inviting us. You know, we, we we gotta make adjustments. We gotta trust in it. This is now putting legs to that. This is putting the rubber to the road, so to speak. As we walk out life with Him as we walk out joining Him in what He's doing. <clears throat> i got a frog in my throat again this morning, sorry. And so we're going to talk about putting Jesus on display. That's the name of the series. So as we live out life in joining God in what He's doing, we're, 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 we're with Jesus. Jesus is in us to live His life in and through us. We're one with Him because of His Spirit, and as we walk this out with Him, we get to we get to actually experience life in the Spirit with Jesus. And there's no more exciting, more fulfilling, more more terrifying, more uh, uh, anxiety producing at times. A way to live but but that anxiety turns to joy as we see God move, as we see God work, as we see our lives being used for God Amen. you know I heard uh I was with uh the Bruce family over the weekend last weekend uh Karen's father died and and uh, so the the family came in to to uh celebrate his life and and so we did that and and uh, I got to be a part of that and and uh, we were having dinner on Sunday and, and Karen's sister Terry was talking about, uh, and, and this is not to scare anybody, but, but this is what, as your pastor, first of all for myself, I don't want this to ever be the case and I never want this to be the case for you. But you remember Jesus said, you know, many will say to me in that day, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do signs and wonders and miracles? Did we not do this, do that and the other thing? And he will say on that day, he said, I will say on that day, I never knew you because you did not do the will of my Father. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what we want to do. The the point is, are we walking in obedience to God? Are we joining Him in what He's doing? And are we living out His life through us in obedience to the Father in the power of the Spirit? I pray that for me and for us weekly if not daily. Lord, Let us live lives, cause us to live lives where you're living your life through us in obedience to your Father, in the power of your Spirit. That's how I want you to live, and that's how I want me to live. And and Karen's sister, Terry, said that that she had a nurse friend who was, you know, we were talking about the, the last things that people say before they die. She said this woman had been in a coma for three days, and she heard her say just seconds before she died, what do you mean you don't know my name? Who do you think she was talking to? What a terrible place to be. You're at the end of your life. You're standing, you know, you're about to cross from this life into the next. And you're talking to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you say to him, what do you mean you don't know my name? No, let's don't do that, guys. Let's live in a way... Where when we stand before him, we hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, thou good and faithful daughter, thou good and faithful son. You have completed the work. Last week, when Jesus said to his father in what I call the Lord's Prayer, that that, that prayer in in Matthew 6 that starts out, Our Father who art in heaven, that's the disciples' prayer because the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, When you pray, say this. That's the disciples' prayer. The Lord's Prayer is John 17. Read it. Father, I have glorified you with the glory that I had in your presence before the world was made. Yes. And then he says this, I have completed the work that you gave me to do. Amen. May <laughs> By the grace of God, may I hear those words. Neil, you have completed the work that I gave to you to do. May I be able to say that in his presence. F- Lord Jesus, Father, I have completed the work that you gave me to do. That's what I want to be able to say to him, not be ashamed in his presence, even if somehow I squeak in. And so what I'm, what I'm going to do, or what we're going to do these next eight weeks, and I know this is Christmas season, you know, coming up, this is going to be a little different this year. I mean, we have celebrated, and, and Dennis is going to preach on the incarnation on the, the, the day after Christmas. It's going to be, you know, Jesus coming to earth as a human being. He is so excited. He's dancing over that. He just loves that stuff. He, he, and so the day after Christmas, you're going to get Christmas Sunday sermon. So I know most people don't, you know, stay home at that point. You don't want to miss. Dennis is going to be floating around the stage. He's so excited about that. But for these next eight weeks, we're not going to do the, the Advent thing this year. We're going to do the, the following Jesus thing this year. We, we we know that he came to earth, but he's still here. <laughs> he's still here in you and me. He's still incarnated in you and me. Your life is his life. His life is your life. At least that's the way it should be, right? Guys, Jesus lives in you, and he wants to live through you. We get the lives in me part. We get the died for me part. But I want us to get the we died with him part, and we were resurrected with him, and now we live his life. He lives his life through us. You know, Dennis talked about uh, Matthew uh, 5, 14 through 16 last week. And uh, I got a little illustration here, a little visual aid here. This reminds me of the days of Laverne Nisley. When he was associate pastor, and every time he preached, he had some kind of prop. So here's the Laverne But do you see, you see that what this is? Dennis talked about this. Go ahead and put up the scripture if you could on okay. So so Jesus says, well, first of all, in John 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But in Matthew 5, he says, You are the light of the world. Hmm, how can that be? If Jesus is the light of the world, how can he say that we're the light of the world? Hey guys. <laughs> Is he in you? Is he in me? Yes. And so because the light lives in me, then I'm a light. You're a light. You're the light of the world. I'm the light of the world because Jesus is the light of the world. Now, when I do that, what do you see? Yeah. And, and what, what else do you see? You see a lamp, right? It's a lamp. And, and all the manifestation of this light and lamp is right here in this little Little mechanism we call a lamp, but I want to show you something. Now, what do you see? That this? Do you know where this goes? It goes into all kinds of wiring that somehow goes out to a, a, a transformer that goes over to this this uh, you know substation over here, and all that power in that substation is generating the power for this little light to come on and shine so that we can see light. From here to the substation is Jesus. This is us. But we get to shine the light, see? The light gets to come through us. So that's what I want to talk about for the rest of these eight weeks is how we let our light shine. Go ahead. You're you're a light of world. A, a, A city on a hill Uh, Cannot be hidden. Go ahead to the next one. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Next slide, please. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Last night, we got to do that. We were the light of Northridge last night. We got to shine our light last night. We get to glorify our Father in heaven. who got the glory last night? Jesus. I did some integrated healing this week. I got to heal, you know pray for healing, and, and we got to see someone actually, I got to see two people healed this week. And God just used me as, as the lamp. But who did the healing? Was it me It was Jesus. and so and so I you know, the, the second time this happened. The person said, you are so awesome. I was like, Jesus is awesome. I'm just Neil. I'm just a dude. The power's in him. It's not in me. I'm just walking this out. I, you know, he's in me, and I'm in him, and, and whatever just happened to you happened because Jesus let it come through me. I am nothing, guys. I, feel, I am so glad I feel so weak and human this morning. I forgot to set my alarm clock last night. So let me just tell you this real quick. So first of all, my heart's fine. I woke up at 1.30 in the morning on a thir- Thursday morning with chest pains. Like, like my chest, actually it was just tight. And I was dreaming. I was drowning. And I was trying to run a race. And I was, exa- and I was out of breath. And I, I woke up. And I'm still out of breath. And I go upstairs and I said to Deb, I know that you think I'm crazy. And I know it's probably nothing. But I'm about to call the squad. She goes, okay, good night. She pulled her covers back over and went back to sleep. Because I've done this like four times in our marriage. Yeah, I've had four heart attacks that never happened. So anyway, <laughs> call the squad. They take me to the ER. I lay there from you know like two to to seven. They you know they did all the tests and they sent me home. They said see your doctor sometime in the near future. Goodbye. <laughs> and I got no sleep, but it, so so I'm feeling pretty weak. And um, so that night, in my weakness, in my tiredness, God allowed me to do another integrated healing session, and it was it was something that. It got set up I, I was mowing the grass uh, at my son's house uh, just giving him a break from all the work that he's been doing and the Lord had me uh, there was somebody like vacuuming out their, their car or their truck and the Lord kept saying I want you to go talk to them and I was like I don't want to and I just kept you know go talk to them I don't want to thank you Lord but you go talk to them I'm busy I'm mowing the grass you know and he's like go talk to them so I said okay when they're done vacuuming their car because their truck, I don't want to interrupt them, you know, send, some, send someone else. I, I don't want to interrupt them. So if, if I see them, you know, shut their, their uh, vacuum cleaner down and go inside, then I'll go talk to them. So I, about, you know, the third pass here, I'm coming back and I see that no one's at the truck. And I'm like, oh. So I shut the mower off and I go, I go in and they're in the garage. And I walk up and say, I said uh, I said, hi, you know. And they, they, they know my name because, you know, the connection next door and I said uh hey uh I just really wanted to check on you see how you're doing and they said I'm not doing well and I said I said you know what's going on and they told me And, and I said do you know Jesus and they said yeah I've known Jesus since I was 12. I said uh you know uh Jesus really wants to do something about what's going on in your life uh what are you doing tonight and he said nothing and I said well um I've got this thing. Uh, I was going to a, to a funeral, uh, like a, a visitation that night. And uh, by the way, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to just let you know that, that uh, Rachel Meisner's father passed away, uh, Don Throckmorton, the, two weeks ago. And his funeral was uh, Friday morning. And what a great man of God. And, and we're so th- I'm so glad to have uh, the Meisner family as a part of our family. Uh, but anyway, I, I had to go to the visitation, but I said, I'll call you on the way home. And let's meet in my office. And God showed up, and in my fatigue, and my exhaustion, and in my, my bad attitude, even the Lord ministered to this man, touched him, and uh, he stood up from after I prayed for him, and he goes, "Oh!" And I said, "What's wrong?" He said, "I pulled a hamstring this week or last week when I was pitching a ball with a kid next door." He's like nobody was out there with him, and he said, I, "I'm I'm 52, and I forgot to stretch." And he's like, "I, I pulled my hammy," and I said well, can I pray for you? And he said, sure. So I put my hand on the back of his leg, and I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, what's your pain low? He said, well, right now it's like a four. He's like, but it gets really bad sometimes. I said, okay. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command this pain to go, just go. I command this muscle to relax. Prayer of command, guys. That's what Jesus told us to do. That's what, that's what Peter did on the steps of the temple. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. So I said, in the name of Jesus, all pain gone, muscles relax. Hamstring, go back to normal. And so I just said, check it out. See, see what you think. He goes like this. He goes, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. I was like, and I, I said, it's ridiculous that you squatted with a, with a bad hamstring? He goes, no. He goes, I said, so what's your pain level now? He goes, that's just it. I don't have any pain. And he's walking around. He's shaking his leg like this. And he's like, I, I can't believe that. And then he goes, what? Who are you? Like, what do you have? Like, like, it was like it was voodoo or something. And again, I said, Jesus just healed you, dude. Jesus did that. I am nobody. I am nothing. I mean, I, you know, I'm a son. I'm, I'm Neil. You know, you guys know me. I'm nobody special. I'm no different than you, honest to goodness. I'm just me. i just me. People saw me running around last night like a, chicken, like a chicken with my head cut off, and they kept giving me a hard time about it. I was like, I know. I should be delegating stuff, but I don't know how to do that. So I'm just running around doing it myself, trying to help Karen out. By the way, Karen, thank you for an amazing job last night of quarterbacking this thing. You're awesome. All I did was help you guys do what you did. That's right. I just checked in. Yeah. <laughs> See, see there again. This is Jesus just using someone. He gave Karen gifts of administration. He gave her the gifts that she had. She just used them last night. She didn't think it was any big deal, but it was amazing. Like every one of us had to do something to pull this off. That's the body of Christ at work. That's what God wants to do through us. Yeah, go ahead and clap again. Give yourselves a hand. It was awesome. You know the Great Commission in Isaiah or in Matthew twenty-eight. You know, Jesus said, Go into all the world, make your disciples, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's great, man. That's big stuff. That's awesome stuff. And it's happening. God's the gospel is spread all over the world. But when he came here, he read his job description in Luke, I think it's Luke 4, where he had been baptized, he went through the wilderness experience. Then he goes to his home church and he pulls out, they, somebody pulls out the scroll of Isaiah, and I don't know why. They don't give the backstory on this, but they, get, they handed him the scroll and he rolls it up and, and he comes to Isaiah 61, which is the job description of the Messiah. He says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. That's what Messiah means, anointed one. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted to set the captives free, to open the eyes eyes of the blind, the ears of the deaf, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the next phrase says, and the day of vengeance of our God. He didn't read that. He said the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and said, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I'm the Messiah. And they were so happy to see him that they tried to throw him off a cliff. You know? He said, a prophet is not honored in his own, his own hometown. And he walked, he walked through the crowd and went on and did his public ministry. But in Matthew chapter 10, he gives, like, like the great commission is Matthew 28. But this is, the, this is the authority commission. He tells his disciples in the 10th chapter of Matthew, we're not, we're not very far into this book when the Messiah who's come to do this great stuff turns to his 12 that he's chosen and they're a bunch of knuckleheads just like us. Like there is nothing special about these guys. He did not go for the PhDs in theology down in Jerusalem. He went to Galilee and chose fishermen and tax collectors and, and zealots, you know, you know, guys that were, were fired up about you know, overthrowing Rome. Knuckleheads. And he called them to be his 12 disciples. And then in John 10, or Matthew 10, he commissions them to have authority to go and to heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, and preach the kingdom of God is here. They, were, they weren't qualified to do anything. They could barely fish. You know, he even had to help them catch their fish. And he was a carpenter. You know, I, I can imagine how insulted Peter was when this carpenter tells him, "You know, we're cleaning our nets, dude. We're, we fished all night. We know fishing. You're a carpenter. Go, saw something." And 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 Jesus said, "I saw you, and I saw that you were struggling. Push out into the deep and let down your let down your nets for a catch." And Peter's like, "Are you kidding me? Okay, let's." John Peter, or, or John and, and James and, and Andrew, let's, let's push this boat out there because this rabbi is telling us to do this. And they caught so many fish, their nets were breaking. And they pulled those fish up on the beach, and they left those fish there, and they left their nets to follow Jesus. Now here we are just a few chapters later into the story, and he commissions them with authority to go do these things. And guess what? They come back, and they're like, Jesus, you wouldn't believe what happens. He's like... <laughs> No, you didn't believe what was going to happen. I believe that's why I sent you. So just, you know, just believe it. You know, believe it. And that's what I'm asking you to do this morning. Believe that the same Jesus that commissioned fishermen and tax collectors and zealots and knuckleheads has commissioned you to do the same thing. Uh, Let's go ahead and look at the Matthew passage. No, let's skip that. Let's, Let's go to the... Oh, no, go back. Go back. That's great. Go back. I told you I'm not ready for this. Go back one more slide. Is there no, no, no. As you go, proclaim this message the kingdom of God has come near. Do you understand what that means? No. Because for years, even after seminary, I didn't know what this meant. I didn't know until I got into the vineyard what this really meant. The best way to say this is the kingdom of God is on hand. The, and, and the kingdom is not like, The British Isles, or you know, someplace in Indonesia, the kingdom is not a place, the kingdom is a king ruling over his his realm. And the king is Jesus. And the reason Jesus, it's really interesting to me that it says that at the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus began to, to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Now, when we think of gospel, we think Jesus died on the cross for my sins so I can go to heaven when I die. That's the gospel. Well, what was he preaching when he was walking through the streets of Nazareth and Jerusalem, That the gospel of the kingdom? Here's what he was preaching. Satan has been the rule, ruler and reigner of this world. Is reigner a word? Anyway, he's been reigning over this earth since the fall. But here's the good news, the, the real king, the real ruler, the real the one who has authority to rule this planet is back. I'm here. The king is here and the kingdom of God has come, come here, come near, come near to you. And then he began to display his kingship with authority over the wind and waves, authority over demons, authority over sickness, authority over... Uh, every kind of infirmity, authority over nature, authority over death. How many people did he raise from the dead? I love the story of the widow of Nain. You remember, it's just a little tiny story, in, I believe it's in Luke, where Jesus is going up the hill and there's this funeral procession coming down the hill and this, this only son of a widow had died. There went her 401k, There went her retirement, you know. Her son, she didn't have a husband, she was a widow. And her only son who was going to take care of her had died. She had nothing. She was going to be a street beggar after that. And the compassion of the king, the king was there. And you know what? He he didn't say a word. He didn't touch the dude. He didn't put mud on his fingers and stick them in his eyeballs or something. All he did was touch the casket. He touched this coffin this open coffin, and the sun set up, and it says he restored the son to his mother because King Jesus is king even over death. And you know what? He didn't come just to say, hey, guys, look at me. Look how cool I am. Look how powerful I am. Look what a great king I am. No, he came to give the kingdom to us. He says, little children, it is the Father's joy to give you the kingdom. <sighs> Little children, the Father delights in giving you His kingdom. I'm still the king, but you're, you're my co-laborers here. Yeah, we lost paradise, but it's going to be restored. But right now what we're restoring are human hearts and human bodies and human relationships. And we're kicking demonic butt. I get to do that every week, and it's fun. John 14, 12, let's put that up. This is the doing the stuff commission. (laughs) Doing the stuff that Jesus did. That's Again, that's another vineyard thing, you know. Jesus says, truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. What works? Well, he just said... You know, I and the Father are one. Don't believe me because I said I and the Father are one. Believe on the miracles themselves. I mean believe because of the miracles themselves. You've watched me do all this stuff. And he said, "Oh, by the way, let me just give you a little heads up. Anyone whoever." What does that word whoever means? What does that mean? I should say. What does it mean? Whoever. Who's left out of that? Nobody. Guys, I believe in you more than you believe in yourselves right now. Every single one of you can do the stuff that Jesus did because he said, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And guess what? They will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And then he says, when these things happen, guess who is glorified? The Father through the Son, through us. A few weeks ago i told a story uh, and it wasn't a hero story but i told a story about going to the this grocery store here in northridge and there was a woman you know uh, running the register and i was second in line and she was just telling the dude in front of me that uh, she was she had her arm in a sling and she said yeah she said i'm going friday to find out if i'm going to have surgery on my arm and so um, again reluctantly I, I walked up to her and I said, I just heard you telling the fellow that just left that you you have a problem with your arm. She said, Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna have I'm gonna have it checked out on Friday. I may have to have surgery. It's in a sling, guys. She's barely, you know, she's trying to do everything with her left hand. I said, Well, would it be okay if I prayed for you? She said, Sure. So I said, Could I put my hand on you? She said, Sure. I put my hand on her shoulder, and I prayed this really long flowery prayer that Jesus would come down and flutter down and heal her. No, I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command this arm to be healed, be restored to normal, all muscles, ligaments, tendons, whatever's going on here, be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you for my groceries. See you later. Walked out the door. I, I had zero faith that anything had happened. I walked in my car, not feeling like a hero. I walked in my car saying, why... Don't I do this more often? Why am I in so much of a hurry that I don't have time to, to look for this? I just have to stumble on it. But again, Jesus show, or God shows us what he's doing, and I just joined him however reluctantly, however fumbling and bumbling it was. I just stumbled into what Jesus was doing, what the Father was doing, and, and I got to join him in that. Fast forward a month. I'm in that same store I'm going through the line. I don't recognize this lady. I didn't really look at her. I mean, honestly, she was just a face in the crowd. I'm checking out again. She said, how are you this evening? I said, I'm I'm fine, how are you? She said, no, not too good. I said, what's going on? She said, I'm starting to have migraine headaches. She said, I'm 60-whatever years old, and I'm just beginning to have migraines. I said, well, would it be okay if I prayed for you? She said, oh, yeah, that would be great, because when you prayed for me like a few weeks ago, I went to the doctor, and my arm was completely healed. I didn't have to have surgery. I didn't have to have anything. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I like, oh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's me, Mr. Heal Guy. Put my hand on her. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, migraines be gone. Get out, leave, never come back. I don't know. I'll run into her again sometime and find out if her headaches are gone. But her arm was healed. Does that make me a great, a great faith healer? Should I go on the road with my faith-healing ministry and talk weird and, and have people line up and, and, you know, shove them over with my hand or what? No. I, I'm just going to keep doing what I do, whatever that is. I'm still trying to figure that out. But anyway. This book by Brian Blount. By the way, Brian's a friend of mine, and uh, he wrote this incredible book, Putting Jesus on Display with Love and Power. That's what this sermon series is based on. We're not preaching chapter to chapter but this book is chock full of stories like I just told you. Only Brian's stuff is more spectacular because he's been doing this for like 30, 20 years or so. He started out small, but it just got bigger. And uh, Jesus, the king is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. And we're just going to put just Jesus on display with love and power that comes from the Holy Spirit, not from us. You can do this because the same Spirit that lives in Him... You know, Jesus gave up His, his glory and all His... He, he was fully God, but He gave up. He, he emptied Himself of His glory and had to live just like you and me, dependent on the, on the Holy Spirit to do the work through Him, just like you and me, because He wanted us to know that you and I can live just like He did on this earth. Or he wouldn't have been able to say John fourteen twelve that I just read. Yeah. Is God at work? Is Jesus at work through us? Uh, could Kim, could you come up? So, so this is Kimberly Young, and I've known I've young, known Kim since she was in junior high school. I think now she's a mom with a baby and a mortgage and all that good stuff too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, about. Two weeks, three weeks ago? How long has it been now? Three weeks? I
1: think weeks? it's been like two weeks. Two weeks?
0: Yeah. Uh, Kim came up to me and, uh, and said, hey, I, I want to do this integrated healing thing. Now, let me just explain really quickly what integrated healing is. It's just, so, so I'll, I'll have a person come in. Jesus, it took, took, like I told you guys, it took 40 years to get to the place where I can actually do this stuff. But I have a person come in, and then uh, I think Karen Bruce was with me during that. And uh, I never ministered to a female without another female in the room, but Karen was with me, and I love having Karen there. She, she prays, and she, she gets stuff too, and so we're, we're sitting there. And, and so uh, what, what happens is uh, we have wounds from the past, and, and these wounds that are inflicted on us as children, demonic parasites come in and set up base camps. And so if we have a fear, we're, we, you know, we, we get a wound of fear, then a spirit of fear will come in and weaken us that much further. If we if we have a you know like a I had self-hatred for for decades. I, I had a spirit of self-hatred because my father wounded me. My dad wounded me pretty seriously and these spirits of worthlessness and self-hatred and shame came in and set up base camps and God has delivered. He's healed me and delivered me from all this stuff. And so he's taught me how to get people in the presence of Jesus. Jesus takes them back in these memories. He heals these, these memories, these wounds. They're, he's actually healing wounds, but he does it in the memory. And then I get the privilege, and we get the privilege, those of us who are doing it, Derek's doing it, uh, Edie's doing it, the, her, her father and mother-in-law, which they play into the story we're about to hear, but uh, then we get to cast out the spirits. It's pretty cool. Man, I, when, when I see a spirit leave... I, I want to go, you know, like spike a football or something. It's just so much fun. So I'm going to put this back here. Let's walk up to, to the front here. So, so Kim approached me two weeks ago and said, hey, Bishop Haney. No, she said, hey, Neil, uh, I'd like to go ahead and do this integrated healing thing. That'd be okay. And I was like, yeah. So we worked out the time. It turned out to be Wednesday uh, evening. And uh, Keenan graciously kept Parker and uh, released his wife to come to Integrated Healing. And so I want you to tell what happened. Just, just kind of summarize it as quickly as possible. Okay. But what happened from the time, you know, like, so you asked me on Sunday, Monday well, night, Tuesday night, and then... I actually
1: yeah. asked you quite a while ago, but what? <laughs> he just kept forgetting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'm 63. <laughs> I have a and very... then you
1: came up to me and said, okay. hey, let's do Integrated Healing. Okay, and that's so what happened. Like, See, yes, she remembers the details. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Neil came up to me at church on that Sunday and said, let's set up a time this week on Wednesday. I was like, okay. Um, but I feel like I would need to share, too, a little bit of um,
0: backstory.
1: a little backstory, mm-hmm. a little bit. I just, I've known of Integrated Healing for almost a year now because Wes and Lily came over and they were telling us all about it. And the first time that I heard about it, I was like... What the heck? That that just kind of sounds—I don't know—almost unbelievable. Yeah. And I was really skeptic, like skeptical about it all. Mm -hmm. Um, But if on the off chance that it was real, I didn't want to miss out on (laughs) it. On the off
0: chance, yes. So
1: anyway, I wanted to do it because I know that I'm just somebody that's. I don't know. I'm not going to fluff anything, so <laughs> if this is real and I experience it, then I'll know it's real. You know That's what right. I mean? That's right, yes. So um, so anyway, I tell Neil, yeah, I'll, let's do it this Wednesday. Well, anyway, I go home, whatever. That night, I go to sleep, and is this what you want me to share? Yes. Okay.
0: You had sleep paralysis, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: So that night, I went to sleep, and in my bed, I was laying in my bed, and I'm assuming it was a. It felt like a dream, but it was. It also felt very real. I was where I was in my bed in my dream. Everything was the same in my room, and when I opened my eyes, there was this like demonic girl just standing over top of me, and I just felt like I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I couldn't. I just felt like I was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she started. To, she began to speak to me, and she said do not go to integrated healing on Wednesday. And if you try to go, then I'll make it to where you can't go. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I saw in my dream was like, it was dark out. I was driving. I saw car lights and then I heard a loud horn honk and I woke up out of my sleep And I was nudging my husband. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm going to get in a car accident or something. I, he gets up way later than I do every day and I made him like, get up with me and walk me down to my car before I left for work because I was so scared. Um, well, anyway, so then the day goes on, and I went over to my in-law's house, Edie and Derek, and I, to- I told him about this freaky dream I had last night, and... Eric was like, whoa, can I pray for you? And I was like, please <laughs> pray for me. Oh, Derek. So um, he laid hands on me and he began to pray and he started speaking to the spirit and he said, I don't, I don't know. I can't identify you right now. I don't know what spirit you are, but um, in the name of Jesus, I bind you up so that you cannot speak to her. You cannot move against her in any harmful way. Um, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. said a lot more, but that was basically the yeah. gist of it. Yeah. So anyway, I go home, I'm thinking, oh, thanks Derek, like, I'm going to get the best night of sleep tonight, because you prayed this thing away, like, (laughs) this is going to be awesome. Well, not quite. I go to sleep that night, and I have the same identical dream. Everything's the same in my room, I open my eyes, that girl, she's standing over top of me again. And so I'm like, oh gosh, this is happening again, and so I'm looking at her, and she's standing there with her hands to her sides and her mouth is shut and she's, it's, she can't move. She can't speak. And so
0: Bound the spirit.
1: The next morning I woke up and I honestly, I was like, man, that prayer didn't work. Like I was, <laughs> I was like, she still came. And so anyway, I go to work and Derek texts me and he's like, Hey, I was just wondering, like, how, how was your sleep last night? I was like, well, I still lost sleep, but Said, that girl still came to me and she couldn't speak though. She wasn't speaking to me and she she couldn't move. And he said, Ken, that's exactly what I prayed for. I binded her up so that she could not speak anything right. against you. She can't move in any harmful way against yeah. you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. That's that, awesome. that worked. That's so perfect. anyway, yeah. that was that was right. the gist about that.
0: So you get there. And even though all that happened, you said that your nature is to be skeptical. Yes. And you couldn't imagine a demonic spirit, like, manifesting through you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So what happened?
1: Well, it did. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um, are you talking about, like, with the fear one specifically? You,
0: well, I mean, all of them. But you manifested okay. each spirit, like, through your eyes. And yeah. Yes, Just talk so about what that was like. So Jesus healed I, I your wounds. Jesus,
1: absolutely, yes.
0: That, that's a, I mean, I wish she could tell you the stuff that Jesus took her into and what he did in these memories. Just trust us. He went into these memories. He healed things. There was one particular one that just blew me away because she could see herself in the situation that she was in, mm-hmm. and then she turned around and saw uh, Keenan and Parker, and she knew everything was okay. Yeah. And so, you know, that's how Jesus does it. So when we got done with all that... It was time to deal with this, the, the demonic parasites, as I call them. Uh, let, let's talk about, you know, just just okay. briefly, just what that was like.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not very good at briefly. <laughs> um, well, anyway, so each one, I, and I told Neil when I walked in, I said, I'm going to be honest with you, Neil. Like, thank you for being here and doing this for me, but I just don't think this is going to work. Like, I just don't <laughs> see this happening. And he just kind of chuckled and was like, eh, don't worry. Um but each, there were nine, I think I had. Mm-hmm, yeah. And each and one... Most people have
0: seven to nine spirits, by the way. And I'll talk about why later, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but I've heard stories of people that have gone through this. And like my husband, he saw like the color in the room had all changed. Mm-hmm. Um, some people I heard like had a cough or a little yep. twitch. And I told him, I was like, I just don't see that happening to me. And so I was, he told me, you just sit back and let me do my thing? Like... <laughs> You yeah. just relax, and so that's what I did, and I didn't want to interrupt anything, and so I'm sitting there, and as he's casting out each spirit, they each, it sounds weird, but and t- you kind of don't know until you're in it, but you can, like, feel it coming up. Like, yep. you can feel from it from where it is here, in your body. Here. The first yep. one was in my stomach. Yep. Um, I remember fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, my chin and lips started quivering, yep. and then both of my eyes started... Um, what's the word I'm looking
0: Twitching for? Twitching. Twitching,
1: yeah. yeah. I tr- was trying to explain it to my husband and I was like, they were going like this, like I couldn't even redo it. It was like my my body was moving but it wasn't me consciously right. moving right. my body, right. my face yep. and my expressions. Yeah. Um, and there were even a couple times where him and Karen afterwards, they were like, oh, you, the way you were looking at me, I was like, I'm <laughs> sorry, I didn't even know. But um, yeah, they all came out in a different way but yeah. Uh, yeah, it it was, it was kind of, I don't know. It was just kind of freaky. Like, (laughs) so,
0: so, so briefly just how has, how have things been like you had a spirit of fear that caused you to fear, like even at night, like certain things in the room had to be a certain way or you were, you were terrified because of Mm -hmm. watching horror movies as a child, Mm -hmm. that spirit came in there. So tell us about like the after effect of that.
1: Well, first of all, I didn't know that the girl, we were able to identify the, the demonic girl that was visiting me in my dreams. As soon as Jesus told me, time to deal with the spirit of fear, her face popped up. Yep. And I told Neil, I said, oh, well, we identified her. <laughs> and yep. it was also kind of crazy because that whole time, obviously I'm there, I'm willing, I'm willingly doing this. Mm-hmm. But when it was time to deal with the spirit of fear, I started rocking back and forth. I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I feel sick.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: he grabbed me a trash can. I thought I was going to throw up. Um, But now I know it was just that spirit that Mm. did not want to come out. That's exactly right. Um, But before I had went through this, my husband can attest to this, I have been afraid of the dark for as long as I can know. I know that sounds silly, but it's just true. Oh, well, yeah, it's just true um, fear. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, even, like, since we've been married, we've lived in, like, three different places. And Sorry. every place that we've lived in, I have to sleep on the opposite side of the bed, like, away from the closet. Every door in the room has to be shut. Like, mm-hmm. I'll keep the lights on if I go to bed before him, and then when he comes in, he's the one that shuts them off. Like, yeah. I'm just very weird about all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway... Once that spirit of fear left, I, I truly do not feel like I'm scared of the dark
0: anymore. That's awesome. Um, and, yeah. yeah. Um, Thank you, Jesus.
1: I, um, I think the the best way to feel, i I'm, I'm sure that a lot of us have gone through things in our life. Like I know I specifically can name one specific trauma that really just changed the trajectory of my life, mm-hmm. and I feel like I. Up until this point, I have just felt like, yeah, I'm the same person, but I felt like I was so much happier before that one Mm -hmm. thing happened. And it wasn't that I didn't still have the joy of the Lord in me. It's just that I just kind of felt like this cloud. I don't know how to describe it. That's good. Um, But after going through integrated healing, and this is something I did not expect. Mm -hmm. I, I did not expect this at all, but I've been telling my friends and my husband that I just feel... Like that happiness that I had before that traumatic event had happened,
0: The joy is back. and
1: yeah, yeah, and I just I don't feel like anxiety with certain things anymore. Like, but coming up here, I'm not like That's nervous so about awesome. that. Like, there's just little, all these little things I just keep noticing just in the past two weeks that have just changed for me. Praise since God, doing that. That so, is awesome.
0: Yeah, thank you. Let's give her a hand. Can I just say that the King is back? The kingdom of God is at hand. It's on hand. He's still healing. He's still people setting people free, but he's doing it through his body. For some reason, he's chosen to work through us. And I'm giving this stuff away as fast and as hard as I can. And so, um, you know, if you're interested in learning how to do integrated healing, talk to me because um, God wants to use you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at VineyardNorthridge.